0: Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. As always, you can learn more about the program and our church when you download our free Living Truth app. Now here's part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 9 through 14, called Signed, Sealed, and Delivered.
1: We have obtained an inheritance by God. This is the divine side of the equation. God is working out his purpose and he has included us in it. And it's a mystery why we're included in it, but God has chosen us and we have responded by faith and therefore we are in Christ. To the end, look at verse 12, that we who were the first to hope and the gospel is a message of hope. In Romans fifteen thirteen, God is called the God of hope and in First 1 Timothy 1.1, 1, 1, it says, Jesus Christ is our hope. Now here, hope, the first to hope, notice, in Christ is a synonym for faith. If you put your hope in Christ, you're putting your faith in Christ. That's what the Bible's talking about. So my hope is in him. My hope is you, as Third Day saying it, right? Show me your way. Guide me in truth. That's what this is about. And, and Paul is saying we were the first to hope because the Jewish people heard the message on Pentecost. The early church was largely Jewish and we were the first to put our hope in Christ. And when we say we're putting our hope in Christ, that means we're putting our faith in Christ. We're not saying, gee, I really hope it happens. That's not the biblical concept of faith or hope. Faith is only as good as the object in which it is placed. You all know that, right? Right? people say, I'm a person of faith. You have to ask the question, faith in what? Or faith in who? Faith is only as good as the object in which it is placed. Example, let's say that somebody goes to the top of the Empire State Building and believes that they got some pixie dust and they can fly. And so they say, I believe I can fly. Wasn't that a song? Anyway, And so they do a swan dive off the top of the Empire State Building. I believe, I believe, I believe. I don't care how much you believe. Gravity is a greater law than your belief. And you are going to hit the ground. And you are going to find that your belief did nothing for you. Because faith is only as good as the object in which it is placed. Now we place faith in people sometimes. People can let us down. You know, we place faith in fast food. Well, you don't know who's making that thing behind there, but... (laughs) but you pray over it, right? <laughs> oh, Lord, right? So, but we were the first to hope in Christ. Christ is our hope. We should be, look at verse 12, middle of the verse, to the praise of his glory. You're gonna see that several times. If you wanna note it, it's found in verses five, six, 12, and 14. Even though we put our faith in Christ, ultimately our lives are to be lived for the praise of, of his glory. It's his glory first, your enjoyment second. If you get that right, you'll get both. If you flip it around, you'll probably get neither. See, so many people are living for themselves and they think if by living for themselves they'll get all that they want. And actually, if you live for the praise of his glory, you'll get blessings thrown in. Have you discovered that? People who try to chase that, you know, that dream, you know, that that pot uh, of gold at the end of the rainbow. Did you guys see the email that was going around? It was a rainbow, at the, and the end of it, it showed a porta potty, and they said this is the pot at the end of the rainbow. Anyway, and sometimes actually that's how life works. You get to the end of the world's rainbow, and you find uh, you're in a different kind of pot, if you know what I'm saying. And so this is a big challenge and this is part of the division of Ephesians is to take the reality of who we are and translate it to our lifestyle. To really say, I am going to live today for the praise of his glory. And Jesus said, that's all you should worry about is today. You don't have tomorrow promised to you. Why do you worry about tomorrow? Today has enough challenges of its own, amen? So live today to the praise of his glory. Maybe you should ask a question what might I need to change tonight to bring more glory to God? I think that should be a consistent question for Christians. What can I adjust and change to bring more glory to God? Now, I already, in one sense, bring him glory because I'm a trophy of his grace just by the fact that he saved me. But the point is that there's a practical side to this as well. Now, as we have this glorious promise and this this uh, sacred secret revealed to us, and this promise of eternal life, and I'm going to heaven, and I know where I'm going, some of you, and maybe all of you, have thought at one point, "How though do I really know?" I mean, we all like security, right? You know, we like things in writing. Uh, we're the our culture's big on contracts. I mean, you buy a car, by the time you get to the end of that, you don't even know what you're signing anymore, right? You sign 300 pieces of paper, right? And that's to secure the loan for the, the car guy, right? Well, we like security, so we're saying, okay, these are pretty major promises. These are life and death things. This is not, uh, this is not funny business. If you talk to someone who's lost a loved one and they're wondering how this works and am I going to really see them again and is, are these promises true or how will it work, we want to know. We all appreciate guarantees. We all appreciate when people you know, back it up by something. So what is it that we get? Well, in him, you also. And the you also now swings to the Gentiles and a major truth in Ephesians is going to be the you also as Jew and Gentile coming into one body in Jesus. There's neither slave nor free, male nor female, Jew nor Greek. Uh, We are all one in Christ Jesus. There's that phrase again. So all the ancient distinctions, and by the way, they were huge in the ancient world. Uh, Slave or free, Scythian, barbarian, male, female. There are major delineations between these groups. Many of them would not even talk to each other let alone associate with each other. And the grand story of the called out ones, called out of the world, called into Christ, is that God has now brought together into one body and broken down the middle wall of separation and made peace through Christ between Jew and Gentile and all those other groups. And that is part of the glorious mystery of the church. God doesn't see black or white. God doesn't care about where you came from. He doesn't care about man's distinctions. He's no respecter of persons. We are his church. Walter Martin one time said, the only color that God sees is red, the red of the blood of Jesus Christ. And so there should be no divisions in the church when it comes to stuff like that. And one of the great testimonies of the church is when those walls are down and when we have a mixed multitude from every tribe, tongue, and nation, and people worshiping God together, hugging each other, loving each other, because we are brothers and sisters in Christ. Amen? That's the power of the gospel. And so you also, and this is personal because most of us here are Gentiles. Now notice the order, thirteen. After listening to the message of truth, you gotta hear the gospel. The gospel of your salvation. Having also believed, you were sealed in him, in Christ, with the Holy Spirit of promise. Now, before I get into the guarantee and how this all works, just notice some things. In him, uh, in Christ, that, that famous phrase throughout the New Testament, you also, that's us, we first listen to the message of truth because faith comes by hearing, Romans ten seventeen, and hearing by the word of Christ. Now remember that in Romans 10, the flow of that text is actually talking about gospel preaching to unbelievers. Now it is true that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God in the sense that I as a Christian grow every time I study the word of God or hear the word of God taught. But in Romans 10, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of Christ is actually in the context of a gospel proclamation. So the point is that you have to hear the message. How will they hear without a preacher? How will they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring glad tidings of good things. We much must preach the message. That's why we do radio ministry. That's why we do evangelism. That's why we share with our friends. That's why we have a gospel tract, hopefully, with us to hand out to somebody during the day. They need to hear the message of truth. So you also, after hearing the message of truth, the gospel, having what's man's side of the equation? You must believe. And upon believing and this is, this is the, the truth of Scripture. Once you hear the message and believe in the one whom God sent, you are sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. At the moment of true, genuine conversion, John 3.3, 3, at the moment you are born again of the Holy Spirit, born from above, the Spirit comes and takes residence in the life of the believer. Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you? You've been bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body. The majestic truth of scripture is that the new covenant people of God called to Christ are now the temple of the Holy Spirit. God, the Holy Spirit, lives inside of you. He dwells in you. Just like the Shekinah glory came down on the tabernacle and then Solomon's temple and then Herod's temple. Well, now you are the temple of God. There's no physical temple. They want to build it in Jerusalem, but it's not there. It doesn't exist. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Sealed, marked unto God. This is your identifying mark. You believed and you were sealed with, would you look at the end of verse 13? What's he called? The Holy Spirit of what? Of promise. Now, when you look at the end of Luke 24, you look at Acts 1 and 2, Jesus talks about the promise of the Holy Spirit. He calls it the promise of my Father, which I told you about. He told them, wait in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. And he kept calling the Holy Spirit the Holy Spirit of promise, the Holy Spirit of promise. When does the Holy Spirit of promise come into the life of an individual? At the moment of salvation. At the moment of belief and trust in Jesus Christ, you are invaded with the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, when that happens, uh, there's... Uh, There's people who have said, you know, when I got saved, I felt like a weight came off my back. There there are others that describe, you know, experiences with the Holy Spirit as feeling this sense of tingling and, and love like they've never known before.
0: You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Thanks for tuning in to Walk in Truth today. Did you know there's more where that came from? download the living truth app to listen to more of pastor michael's teachings whenever you want you can even watch videos and if you're local to southern california you can get updates on church events new studies and more download the free living truth app today michael lance says it at the end of each week get to church fellowship is important if you live in southern california make sure
1: you visit the church pastor michael has the honor of serving as senior pastor living truth christian fellowship is in the city of corona on 1009 arsenal way you can learn more about the church on walkintruth.com if you listen to walk in truth and you're nowhere near southern california pastor michael would ask that you make an effort to get into fellowship being alone is needed sometimes but it's not the way the lord would have you live pastor michael and the whole walk in truth team pray you get to church this week And learn more about Pastor Michael Lance, the mission of Walk in Truth, and our church at walkintruth.com.
0: We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walk in Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance right here on Walk in Truth.
1: He calls it the promise of my father which I told you about. He told them, wait in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. And he kept calling the Holy Spirit the Holy Spirit of promise, the Holy Spirit of promise. When does the Holy Spirit of promise come into the life of an individual? At the moment of salvation. At the moment of belief and trust in Jesus Christ, you are invaded with the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, when that happens, uh, there's... Uh, there's people who have said, you know, when I got saved, I felt like a weight came off my back. There, there are others that describe, you know, experiences with the Holy Spirit as feeling this sense of tingling and, and love like they've never known before. And some of you didn't have that radical of an experience. But the truth of Scripture is what we is our first test, and what we do know is that the Spirit of God now lives in us. And He is the seal of of God's reality in our life. You were sealed, look at 13, with the Holy Spirit. Fragizo is the Greek word. It means a stamp, a signet or a private mark. It means to set a seal upon, to mark with a seal for security, to mark a person or a thing. It means to prove one's testimony to a person that he is what he professes. And so in the ancient world, remember this this uh, gospel, uh, this uh, Epistle, actually letter, is written to Ephesus. Ephesus was a major trading area, and it was a big city for merchandise. And what they would do is, is uh, merchants would go to Ephesus uh, in Asia Minor, and they would buy uh, merchandise, and they would pack it in crates. And so the merchant would he would shop, and he would buy something, and and then he would put his seal on it. And what they would do is they would take hot wax, they would take a ring and what's called a signet ring. They impressed the hot wax with the signet ring, and it was an identifying mark. A good way to think of it, it was like a logo. Or another way to think of it is it was like a signature. When Jesus' tomb was being guarded, there was a seal put on it, the seal of the Romans. In Daniel 6.17, when uh, they, they, put, they put Daniel in the lion's den, there was a seal of the king and the nobles put over that. The seal was, you can't break it unless you have the authority. In the book of Revelation, remember the scroll has seven seals, and the only one that can break it is the one who has authority to break those seals. And so the seal has that implication. It speaks of authority and ownership. So you, as a merchant, you'd buy something, you'd impress the hot wax, you'd kind of string it over so nobody could break the seal, and you'd put it on a cargo ship. And it would head to a port called, in this time, one of the famous ports in Rome was called Purioli. And they would receive these cargo, this cargo. And the servants of the masters on the other side would come to the ship, and they'd start to offload it, kind of like if you have... Uh, if you stood at the little, uh, what's the little carousel thing when, you're, when your luggage comes off? You get off the plane, you know how everybody bought the same luggage at Walmart, right? And you're like, every bag, they go, and hey, some lady starts fighting you for, hey, that's my bag! So you put an identifying mark on it, right? You wrap it around, and it's something that tells you, that's my bag. Well, in the ancient world, this, this mark caught, allowed the servants to say, hey, that's my master's cargo, and they would bring it in. Oh, that belongs to my master. Oh, that's not his. That belongs to my master. And that hot wax, that seal, would show them what belonged to the master, and it would get to its intended destination on the other side. Brothers and sisters, do you see the picture? You've been sealed with the Holy Spirit. Look at Ephesians 4, verse 30. Ephesians four thirty. It says this this holy spirit that lives in you ephesians 430 do not grieve the holy spirit of god ephesians 430 by whom you were what sealed for what the day of redemption what's the day of redemption it's the consummation of all things that paul's been talking about in ephesians 1 verses 9 through 14 it's the summing up of the times. The day of redemption is the day when God redeems. The fullness of our redemption comes in and you have been sealed until that day. There's so many people that worry about their salvation. You know, Can I lose my salvation? Do I belong to Christ? Well, the seal that has been given to you is a mark that will be with you until that day of redemption. Now go to Second Corinthians chapter 5. Now notice how powerful this idea is of this seal. 2 Corinthians 5, look at what it means. Verse 1, For we know that if the earthly tent, which is our house, is torn down, this is an analogy of our current human body compared to a tent. The older you get, the more you can see that image coming to fruition. Tents are temporary. They get holes in them. They get blown around, they wear out, they wrinkle, well you know what I'm saying. Anyway <laughs> If this earthly tent which is our house and it's our temporary house is torn down, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands eternal in the heavens. For indeed in this house, in our current state in the body we groan, longing to be clothed with our dwelling from heaven, inasmuch as we having put it on shall not be found naked. For indeed, verse four, Second Corinthians 5, while we are in this tent, we groan, being burdened, because we do not want to be unclothed, but to be clothed in order that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. Now he who prepared us for this very purpose is God, who gave to us the Spirit as a what? As a pledge. Now there's our word again uh, that we're gonna see in verse 14. That's God's promise. The, the word is arhabon, his down payment. The Spirit is a pledge. Now, this context is the resurrection body. Uh, He's given us the Spirit as a pledge. Therefore, in light of this truth, what should we be? We should be always of good courage, knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord, for we walk by faith, not by sight. We are of good courage, I say, and prefer, rather to be absent from the body, the tent, and to be at home with the Lord. Therefore, we, may, we ha, also have as our ambition, this is our goal, whether at home, currently in the body, or absent, to be what? To be pleasing to him. For we must all appear before the bema that's the Greek word here, the, the place where God will give rewards, the bema seat of Christ, that each one of us may be recompensed for his deeds in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. And that word for bad actually can mean that which just doesn't measure up or worthless. The Bema seat is not a place for the judgment of sin. Where was your sin paid for? At the cross. But we all appear before that Bema to receive a reward. Now in Philippians, if you'd go there, so 2 Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, look at chapter 3. How many of you enjoy the Olympics? The Olympics uh, were around in Paul's time and there was a second... uh, competition called the Isthmian Games, Philippians 3.12. Paul liked sports analogies, which are some of my favorite in the Bible. Philippians three verse twelve. Not that I have already obtained it or have already become perfect, but I press on in order that I may lay hold of that for which also I was laid hold of by Christ Jesus. Philippians 3.13. Brethren, I do not regard myself as having laid hold of it yet, but one thing I do, Forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead. The imagery there is of stretching out to the tape at the finish line. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus.
0: You've been listening to Signed, Sealed, and Delivered, Part 2 on Walk in Truth. That's Pastor Michael's teaching in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 9-14. through 14. Remember, if you missed any part of today's program, you could listen to Walk in Truth on the Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you'd like to learn more about Walk in Truth, our church, and the events and studies we have going on, then download our free Living Truth app in your app store. The Living Truth app is the one with the red logo with the pillars. Now, here's Pastor Michael.
1: Well, whenever we use uh, words like predestined, uh, if you've been around for a while, you know that that brings up all kinds of uh Questions and debate. What does it mean to be predestined? And I guess the next question is Do I have a choice in the matter? (laughs) And on what basis am I predestined? These are all the questions that kind of go with this. And here's what we do know for God, all of his knowledge is foreknowledge because he's omniscient. He can't learn anything. And he knows the ones that belong to him. And because he's eternal, He doesn't have to look down a corridor of time and see who the elect are or aren't. He already knows everything is before God. And so we are predestined, and it's true, according to his foreknowledge, but we have a choice in the matter. And brethren, I can't tell you how all of that works, but I can tell you that God knows who belongs to him. All of his knowledge is foreknowledge, but he doesn't believe for us. We must receive that redemption that gift uh, through Jesus Christ. And repent and believe is the constant message of the New Testament. Of course, God knows who belongs to him, and he's known from all eternity. But that doesn't take away your free will. You must have a moment when you choose to follow him. And even you know in Revelation 3, I believe it's Revelation 2 or 3, the church of Ephesus is told to return to its first love. And that idea of returning to your first love is... You decided to love the Lord at the beginning, now return. And the implication, of course, is that we have a choice. We have to decide to follow Jesus. And so, um, however all the predestination stuff works, here's what we know. God is asking you to believe. Have you believed on the Lord Jesus Christ? Have you trusted him as your Savior? If you have, good news, you're signed, sealed, and delivered. In fact, you're sealed to the day of redemption, to the day when Jesus comes and establishes his kingdom. That's a done deal. And so we're grateful. And uh, predestined means, you know, it means different things to different people. But here's what I would say. It doesn't mean that you don't have to believe. Trust in the Lord Jesus Christ and trust in him today. Well, we are going to do a part three on Science Sealed and Delivered tomorrow right here on Walk in Truth And I pray that you'll join us then. Tell a friend about what you're hearing. Hey, keep us in prayer. We appreciate it. And we'll see you right here.
0: One more reminder that Walk in Truth is a listener-supported program. And thanks to listeners and church partners like you, we're now on three more radio stations. So praise God. Hey, if you're a longtime listener, would you please consider becoming a partner of at least $5 a month? Visit walkintruth.com to donate or call 844-48-TRUTH. And join us tomorrow on this station for part three of Pastor Michael Lance's teaching in Ephesians 1, verses 9-14, through 14, called Signed, Sealed, and Delivered. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.